This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. We are living in troubling times. The Bible said in last days, perilous times will come. We are living right now in a time when COVID-19 has affected many people's lives. All of us are in lockdown in our homes and many businesses have closed and many have been sick and laid off from work. And uh, people are wanting to know if God is going to help us. Well, we know that God can help us. He's well able to do it if he wants to, but we don't know if he wants to. That's our problem. That's just a matter of a lack of understanding. Because God said in his word in James chapter one, without faith, we cannot receive anything from God. And faith comes from knowing the word of God knowing what God says about a matter. That brings faith to our heart. So this message today is going to fully convince you and persuade you that God wants to provide for you in these difficult times and that He will provide for you in these difficult times. We know He can. Now we're going to know He wants to and He will. So stay with me and I believe You'll be greatly encouraged and equipped and financially blessed because of this message. God has promised to provide for His children. It's the title of our message today. Let's begin with Colossians 1 and verse 16. For by Christ all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Christ and for Christ. All right, so notice this. Everything was made for Christ. Everything. And everything belongs to Christ. And nothing was made for the devil. Now go to Haggai 2 verse 8. God says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. It doesn't say any part of that belongs to the devil. Romans 8 verse 16. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. The New Living Translation says it this way. And since we are God's children, then everything God gives to his son, Christ, is ours too. Since we are God's children, everything God gave to his son, Christ, 
he has given to you and me as well. Wow. We need to believe that. It's true. So say this. Now, you know, I always marvel at folks in church. When I ask them to say what God says, they keep quiet. But they'll get out that door and they'll speak about everything under the sun freely. Come on now. Let's confess what God's word says. It's not that difficult. Are we ready? Say this. It's going to get into your heart. It'll build your faith. And it'll bring blessing to you. Like a magnet. Are you ready? I have inherited everything Jesus owns. Because I'm a child of God. And that's the truth. Say this. Since my heavenly father owns all the silver and the gold, it belongs to me as well. Now the Bible says, the sinner has no rights over God's property. The only thing that he can expect from God is found in John chapter 3 and verse 35 and verse 36. Let's see. The father loves his son and has given all things into his hand. Everything belongs to Christ. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. God's anger abides on the unsaved. So notice two things. Number one, here we see that God has given all things to Jesus, which means all things are ours because we are God's children. That's the reason. Number two, God's wrath and judgment hovers over every unsaved person every day of his life. He has no inheritance of God because he has rejected the forgiveness that Christ offers. The unsaved is rejecting the forgiveness that Christ offers and therefore is under judgment. Now we understand what God is saying in Proverbs 13, 22. It says, The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for us. Ecclesiastes 2, 26 is the same thing. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, God gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. So God has commissioned the unsaved to give, to gather and collect, to give to you and me who trust in him. Praise the Lord. That's what the Bible said. Let's believe that. Let's accept that. As God sees it, that's how it is. Amen. If we'll believe what God says, we'll experience what God says. If it is true, why are so many Christians struggling financially? Why are so many worldly people who live for the devil rich? Think about this. Only when people found out through the word of God that salvation comes by believing in Jesus, that salvation spread throughout the world. 
Only when Christians saw in the word of God, the healing was ours. Did healing spread throughout the worldwide Christian community. And only when Christians saw in the word of God that the Holy Spirit in praying in tongues belongs to us, did Christians begin receiving this gift and begin praying in tongues. Likewise, only when Christians see in the scriptures that the silver and the gold is ours, well, we start believing it and receive God's financial help. Then we'll start believing it and receive God's financial help. Remember, it's not coming unless you believe it. All right? Jesus explains that the poor come out of poverty by preaching the word of God to them. Here in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. So Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Look at that line. The Spirit of God has anointed me, Jesus said, to preach the gospel to the poor. Now notice two things. Number one, God anointed Jesus to preach the gospel to the poor. Number one. Now, the New Living Translation says it this way to preach the good news to the poor. Now the gospel obviously is good news, right? What would be good news to a poor man? Obviously, the answer is you don't have to be poor anymore. That's good news to a poor man. Number two, God ordained that the poor will come out of their poverty and begin prospering by preaching God's word to them. That's what Jesus did. He preached the gospel to the poor. So God is saying that the poor come out of their poverty by preaching the word of God to them. The more they had teaching from the word of God about God's blessings, the more, they, the more they hear about God's blessings, family, the more they come out of poverty into God's blessings. That's how it works, because that's how faith comes. All right, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. Now, this is very powerful. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, we know the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in, originally in Greek, and then translated to all the various languages around the world. But the Strong's Concordance tells us 
The original Greek word for this word rich here means wealthy and financial provision. Some folks try and tell you it's talking spiritually, spiritually rich. No, if you read the Greek, go to your strongs or bonds and you'll see that it's actually material, not spiritual. Now then, when did Jesus become poor? Obviously, he wasn't poor in heaven. God, Christ was not poor in heaven. And he wasn't poor when he walked the earth. The only time he was poor was when he hung on the cross. In Jesus' earthly ministry, he was not poor. Jesus paid for the accommodation and for the food and for the traveling expenses and for the clothing of 12 staff, full-time staff members. That takes a little finances, family. Not only that, Jesus also had a treasurer looking after his money. Not only that, Jesus wore a seamless robe of excellent quality clothing. So much so the Roman soldiers gambled for it. They wouldn't tear it because they wanted the whole thing. No, the only time Jesus was poor was when he hung on that cross. Jesus took our sin and bought us righteousness or right standing with God. Because we are forgiven, we are innocent. We stand uncondemned before God in innocence because he took our sin. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus took our sickness and bought us healing. Praise God. And then according to 2 Corinthians 8 9, which we just read, Jesus took our poverty and brought us financial provision. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at that verse again. 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through, the, through his poverty might become rich. I like to draw your attention to this one word here, Grace, which I've highlighted on the screen. It's in bigger letters. Can you see that? I know. So, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's this telling us? This is telling us, family, that financial provision is a work of God's grace. What's that mean? That means that financial provision is a gift from God. It's a gift. That's what grace means. Grace means it's a gift. Financial provision is as much part of the gospel as healing is part of the gospel. Those who don't preach that Christians should prosper are not preaching the full gospel. They're not preaching the full gospel. The same grace of God that clean, cleanses us from our sin is the same grace that heals our bodies. It's the same grace that prospers us. Satan has blinded Christians' minds from understanding these wonderful truths. He's kept the believer poor. The devil hates it when Christians get finances because he doesn't want to fund the gospel. He hates it. So he's trying to dupe us into believing that we should be poor to be godly. That's ridiculous. 
Right. Now, through Jesus' death on the cross, he bought for us forgiveness from sins, healing for our bodies, and financial provision. That's the cold, hard facts. The body of Christ needs this message because the world is in, in the middle of a financial crisis right now. More than ever, Christians need to hear this message because, as I said, the whole world is in the middle of a financial crisis. It is not right that some Christians struggle to pay their rent. It's not right that some Christians struggle to feed their children. Look at Psalm 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Praise God. God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So notice two things. Number one, God wants us to confess that we are prospering. He said, let the Lord be magnified. Now look at this again. He says on the screen, let them say continually that the Lord be magnified as pleasure and the prosperity of his servant. So God wants me to say continually that God be magnified who wants me to prosper. Let God be magnified who wants me to prosper. That's what God said. Say that. I didn't say it. God said you should say it. God said I should say it. Why? Because when we say it, it'll get into our heart, we'll believe it, and the finances will come. God will take care of us. Hallelujah. All right, number two. Notice, God has pleasure when we prosper. So if you want to make God happy, then let him bless you and take care of your financial needs. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter how educated you may be or not be. It doesn't matter where you live. The right side of the track, the wrong side of the track has nothing to do with this. God's grace is more than sufficient, family of God. God's grace is big enough to take care of all of us. God's mercy and grace will take care of our material needs. Look at Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord, your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain, in the first month. Now the former rain and the latter rain refer to different outpourings of God's spirit of revival. It refers to different outpourings of God's spirit of revival. Now look at verse 24. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat when the rain comes. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. And the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. So the, the rain brings prosperity, church. Now look at the next verse. 
So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I have sent among you. I don't know there was that many kinds of locusts, could not. All right, so now, we see here in verse 25, God's describing a time of great lack. And he says, I'm going to fix that problem. I'm going to bring this wheat and this overflow of wine oil to you. But it's during this time of lack, in verse 25, similar to what we have today because of the coronavirus and the problems it's caused, it's during that time and now time that the prodigal sons repent and come home, that the lukewarm Christian repents and gets on fire for God. And then once, when they've done that, then you see the rain comes. The rain comes. So God says, I'm going to bring the abundance to fix the problems the locust caused or the virus caused. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's read on to verse 26. So you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Praise God. That's clear enough, right? Eat plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Well, we are God's people, are we not? We are God's children, right? And we will not be put to shame. That's a promise from the Father. Let's believe it. That's God's attitude. That's God's heart. We know God can do it, but now we know God wants to do it. 27. Then you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. Then you shall know that I'm in the midst of the church. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. There it is again. So, we see then, in verse 26 and verse 27, God's talking about supernatural provision being poured out. God's supernatural provision being poured out. This will get the attention of the unsaved. They'll see how much God loves you. And they'll come knocking on your door. I want to know the God that you know. I need this help from God. Can you talk to me? Yes. Thirdly, then comes a worldwide spiritual awakening. After that, then comes the worldwide spiritual awakening. The next verse, right? This is what it said. And it shall come to pass afterward, after I provide your finances, okay, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Amazingly enough, first, the backslider comes home. Second, finances are poured out. Thirdly, a revival happens in that order, according to Joel. And also, on my men servants and on my maid servants, I'll pour out of my spirit in those days, and I shall and it shall come to pass 
that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we have these three steps. Number one, the backslider comes home, the prodigal son comes home and gets right with God. Number two, God pours out financial provision for his children. And number three, God pours out another anointing to bring in a worldwide awakening and revival of lost souls. It's going to take finances to pay for this coming revival. When the heathen see God taking care of his children, they will know that God is in your midst. They'll come knocking on your door. Can you help me? I want what you have. That's what we read here in verse 27. It says, Then you shall know that I am in your midst. By virtue of the blessing of God in your life, the world is going to know that God is with you. So in these final minutes of church history, the body of Christ needs to hear this message. Many Christians have been taught it is wrong to have any kind of money or financial provision. God prospered Abraham, he prospered Isaac, he prospered Jacob, he prospered Job, and he prospered Solomon with finances that can't even be measured. Can't even be measured. Why would God prosper these people if it was wrong to have money? And why would Jesus purchase financial provision for us on the cross if it was wrong? And why is it not wrong or why is it not a sin to work for a living? If it was wrong to have finances, then we shouldn't work for a living. We should stay at home so that we can stay poor and be in the will of God. Family, children of God, how can we let that demonic thinking control our lives? I hope we get our minds renewed to the real will of God. You are His ambassadors. And when a country sends an ambassador to a foreign land to represent them, they give them all the good things they need. But when America as a country sends out ambassadors to foreign countries, even if it's a poor country, those ambassadors live on a piece of land with all the amenities and facilities that they would have when they're here in America. God wants you as his ambassador to represent him correctly. All right? So you can correctly inform people of the wonderful Heavenly Father that you have who takes care of you and can and wants to take care of them as well. All right, family. Well, we love you. Pastor Bev and I love you and we're praying for you at this time. And we believe God is going to provide for us and take care of us and bring us through. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. 
If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 